the hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. A lot to get into, Bax. Let's start with Ohio State's defense. They need to improve a lot from last year. They are ranked 56th in the country in total defense. They're one of the worst passing defenses in the country. How much improvement do you expect to see this year from the defense? Well, I don't know how much worse the pass defense can get. It was in the bottom 10, so... You'd have to assume they get better by default. But, uh, look, if you look at the, the way Ohio State's defense is shaping up this year, they're going to have another excellent defensive line that's become a staple over the last 10 years at Ohio State. Where they're, they, Sometimes in the past we would have good, not great D-lines. I don't remember the last time OSU's D-line was anything short of one of the best in the country. It's just a given there. The linebacker position is going to be interesting because you have a lot of guys who are young, athletic, and talented who have kind of been waiting their turn for a couple of years. I mean, it felt like we had the like a, a set of like you know pro linebackers who just were the same guys for ten years before them. So I, I'm pretty confident in the linebackers too. It's going to be the defensive backs and specifically the corners that are going to be really how we dictate whether Ohio State gets a lot better on D this year. I think the safeties are actually pretty decent, but it depends if Ohio State can find a couple guys who can actually cover. And I will say this: I think there's going to be a significant step forward for most everybody associated with this defense simply to have more time through having spring football, dedicated team reps, the chemistry you build in having a normal season. I really think that's going to be a, a big benefit for OSU because some schools may have handled it a little bit better. And I'm not saying OSU staff didn't, but they only got to play seven games last year. It was interrupted the whole time. You, you just didn't have a great performance from the secondary. So having Paul Rhodes there to help them in terms of schematic performance, a whole spring ball, I think that that's their biggest room for improvement. Even if they do lose a draft pick and Sean Wade is going to go pretty high, I think the secondary is going to be improved this year. The question is how much improved is it going to be? Because if it's like, well, we're not 120th in the country anymore, but we're still 90th, that's a problem. If it goes, we're not 120th anymore and we're 55th, I'd take that right now because the other part of the defense looks like it's going to be pretty darn strong. And that's a massive upgrade over what we saw from the defense last season. Yeah, you're not going to be able to run on this defense, so I'm with you. If they can get that pass defense in the 50s, like you said, I think the, the run defense is going to be top 10 again, and you add that up, that'll be a top 20 defense. And I think this offense could be the best offense in the country. So you pair that offense with the top 20 defense, that'll make the 2021 Buckeyes very dangerous. All right, let's get into Kerry Combs. I think we all love Kerry Combs personally. We love him as a recruiter. We love him as a DB coach. 
Where is your confidence level with Coach Combs going into his second year as defensive coordinator? Uh, he is in Missouri territory. Show me. That's where we're at right now. Um, I love Combs. Again, every time we talk about him, this is the guy who walked up into Michigan when he was hired by Urban Meyer, started planting flags and causing mayhem in recruiting, right? Remember the time Brady Hoke was talking about five-year bowl bans and was getting good Ohio players while we were in limbo? And that stopped because Urban covered the home front, and he sent Kerry out behind the enemy lines to start stealing their best players. So Kerry Combs, the coach and the person we love, period. Kerry Combs, the defensive coordinator, had a rough year last year because he had zero answers for Sark, for the Alabama passing game. He had zero answers the whole season against anybody who could throw the football. And that's a problem when you're theoretically a, a guy who works in the secondary and just came from the NFL where you learn some of these key concepts. So Kerry Combs officially needs to show me something this season. And now the good news is he has Paul Rhodes. Paul Rhodes has literally overseen the best pass defense in the country at one point in his career. When he was at Pitt, they were the number one ranked pass defense when he was the defensive coordinator about 15 years ago. So that's a great help for him. But for Kerry, look, this is his show now. There's no ifs, ands, buts, you name it. Kerry Combs is officially on the question mark status. He's not on the hot seat. We're not saying that. But this is a year where, you know, Urban gave struggling assistance two years and then goodbye Everett Withers, right? That's how it worked. And if we're sitting here at 95th and pass defense in December, Kerry Combs is in a lot of trouble because the talent alone on OSU is going to make the run defense good. It's hard to screw up a run defense with this much talent. But if you can't get these guys covering well, and if you can't figure out how you're going to schematically put together your, your, your pass defense in two years, then maybe he's met, met his Peter principle where he's promoted to his point of incompetence. And that might be the guy calling the shots on D and that's okay. He's an excellent corner coach, but this is his year to show that Ohio state's defense can be elite under him. And it can be very good against the pass. We're not holding them to a crazy standard on the pass defense. We're just saying, be average, right? Give me like 50th in the country against the pass. That's all we need. So it's a put up or shut up year in a lot of ways for him. It's time for Kerry Coombs to show us that he can call a solid pass defense. Spring game is, of course, this Saturday at the Horseshoe. 20,000 fans will be there. We got a chance to speak with Ryan Day on Monday backs, and uh, he was asked about the spring game format. He said they're going to play at least a half of football. He's not sure if they're going to actually be tackling or thudding up. That means they'll probably be thudding up. If he's not sure if they're going to be tackling, it means they're, they're probably will not be tackling. I was really hoping to see some real football, but um, he's going to play it safe would be my guess. Again, that's not official. He didn't say for sure they're not going to tackle, but the way he said it makes me uh, believe that he's leaning toward just thudding up and not tackling. But it'll be good seeing the Buckeyes out there on Saturday. And he said they'll play at least a half of football, and then they might go to a kind of a controlled scrimmage setting for what would be the second half. So that'll probably speed by. So... What are you looking forward to the most on Saturday? And maybe what's something that's surprised you so far about spring ball for the Buckeyes? Meatball, meatball, meatball. I want to see Mayan Williams. Everything we're hearing is he's the best running back in camp right now. So let's see it. I, I, I'm legit hyped to see him. Um, and I know this isn't the first thing that people think of. Everybody's going to go, oh, I want to see the quarterbacks. Well, duh, of course. I want to see CJ. I want to see McCord. I want to see Miller. 
of course. But I'm legit hyped that a kid in Mayan Williams who we saw flashes, right, that looked really, really good. And we kind of walked away from that thinking, man, that kid looked awesome. That can't be legit. And now we're hearing that kid looks awesome and it might be legit. So that's super exciting because we've always talked about the, the running backs the last couple of months about how important vision is. The kid clearly has it. So I want to see him. Now, if they're just going to be hugging each other to end plays, okay, it's fine. It's kind of a hug fest in general because I want to see the fans back in the horseshoe. I wrote this in the bucket this past week, and it was all about the horseshoe. And for me, one of the most jarring moments of the pandemic was seeing Ohio State playing somebody in a different jersey in an empty horseshoe. So, you know, I know not a lot of people got a chance to get their hands on tickets. I don't even know if many were released, to, any were released to the public because the season ticket holders had dibs on them first. They only dispersed a small number of them. But I think that's going to be just fantastic to see. And the final thing I think I'm looking forward to about the spring game is definitely going to be uh, how much there's going to be at least one meltdown threat on Bucknuts in a game that's designed to help the passing games um, where there's no tackling and the quarterback pressures are only a certain thing. Um, and we're playing very vanilla defenses. You know they're going to throw the ball all over the place. You're going to have people panicking about the secondary being terrible again this season. And while that is a legitimate PTSD fear, the way this is setting up is not a way that the, the defensive backs are going to be put in a position to succeed. So if our quarterbacks go out and throw for 500 yards, don't be shocked and don't assume that means Ohio State is boned on defense this season. They're not calling blitzes. They're just allowing people to, to touch up. You're going to probably see a bunch of sacks, too, where they get a hand on a guy's shoulder and they blow the, blow the play dead, right? So the cornerbacks are kind of put in a little bit of a tough position, especially against the best set of wide receivers in the country. They're not going to play a single team that has half the talent that Ohio State does at receiver in the regular season. So don't panic if the secondary struggles on Saturday. I'm sure some people will, though. No doubt about that. Death taxes and people freaking out on Bucknuts for the smallest things about the Buckeyes. But hey, that's what we do as fans. That's what we do as fans. All right, last thing. I, I want to know what the hell I'm missing with Justin Fields. He's going to have Pro Day Part 2 today, Woody Hayes Athletic Center. And initially, I thought all the reports that he was going to you know, fall out of the top five might fall out of the top ten. Uh, might go 10th overall is the latest one from Mel Kuyper. Initially, I thought those must be smoke screens from teams. There's so much smoke now that uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm starting to, to believe that he is going to fall further than what I expected. I don't know what I'm missing here, though. I mean, I, I see a kid that should absolutely be if not the second quarterback off the board, the third. You and I have talked about this a lot. NFL draft, we're going to know for sure, man, in 15 days. We're two weeks and one day away from the first round of the NFL draft. I can't wait. So we'll see if this is smoke screens from teams or if there's something about Justin Fields that we're missing. What are we missing, Bax? Well, we're missing, apparently, that he is a lazy, bad mechanic, secretly wants to play baseball guy somehow. I don't know. Apparently, if you listen to ESPN, that's what's going on here is that he secretly played baseball, even though he hasn't played since high school, that he's apparently lazy, even though the guy's the entire reason the Big Ten had a season in the first place this year, um, and pretty much went straight vegan to try to help his team. Like, could you give up burgers? I couldn't. And Heck like, no. The, 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 the slander thrown towards this guy is mind-boggling. Like, I don't remember an accomplished quarterback at this level from uh, in recent time periods, getting picked apart this much. Like, Justin Fields' pro day was amazing already. 
And you con- contrast that with Mac Jones disaster show where he couldn't complete a pass longer than 20 yards. And all the, like, and then now we're talking about like Mo Kuyper's Mac Jones going ahead of Justin Fields. I genuinely think that there's so many quarterbacks out here that somebody's pulling the media strings and it might well be Bell, Bill Belichick trying to get Fields to fall to him, trying to make people think that there's issues with Fields. Something is going on here where people are like legitimately trying to like put all these bees into the media's bonnets about, oh, I heard this about him, trying to throw other teams off of him because there's other quarterbacks that they think are reasonably close enough that you can maybe scare the opposition off, right? It's like a big mascarovka here with a bunch of propaganda going on. And at the end of the day, like, you're, we're not missing anything. Like, we're not being homers here. Justin Fields is a blatant number two prospect in this draft. And it, you can't even nitpick him at this point. Like, he had one point where he had more touchdown passes than incompletions on a season. This is a guy who's only lost two games in his career to two teams that are elite-level teams, and one of them – and then neither one of them was his fault. This is a guy who – you can't say, oh, he only had one season doing it, right? But, like, that's the big nitpick you see a lot. Oh, he only played one season, and quarterbacks who play two seasons as a starter in college are much more likely to succeed. He's played two. Like – I, there's nothing we're missing here. This Let me ask kid- you this. Let me ask you this real quick because I was talking with Dan Rubin about this yesterday. Where is this information coming from that he is not a hard worker? Because it's not coming from Ohio State. I have a theory here because I don't know where else it would be coming from. Could it be coming from Georgia? Because I don't think these reporters are making it up. I don't think Dan Orlovsky was making it up. I don't think these people are making I think someone's actually telling them this about Justin Fields. I don't think it's coming from Ohio State. Where in the heck could it be coming from other than Georgia? Uh, well, Georgia's the college side of it, and it's Kirby Smart with quarterbacks' reputation is is in in the toilet because he can't make a good decision with quarterbacks. He can't run an offense that's remotely dynamic. So it's a black eye for him that Fields leaves for uh, because Kirby Smart picked a guy who went in the fifth round over him to start, and now you have Fields who's sitting here about to go, you know, no worse than fifth. Like, let's be honest, right? And I think the other side of this is that you have some people in the NFL who are drafting in that five to 10 range or trying to get into that five to 10 range that are hoping like hell that they take Trey Lance or somebody else over him. Right. So I think you have both sides of it. You have Georgia who doesn't want fields to make them look bad and go as a really high pick. And then you've got the NFL side of things who are trying to throw people off the scent ahead of them to convince them at a time where you can't do local scouting visits. Like fields would have visited a bunch of these, these teams by now in a normal year. Right. But he can't do that this year because of COVID rules. So these other teams aren't going to be able to get as close of a get-to-know-you with Justin Fields as they normally would. So there's probably a calculated gambit going on. And, of course, we can always describe this to Bill Belichick, the evil genius that he is, of saying, you know, hey, you guys haven't gotten a really good chance to know this kid, and we've heard this about him. And if you put enough doubt into people's minds, these guys are super conservative and nervous, and they'll go pick somebody else. Nobody's out there crapping on Trey Lance, right? Everybody's talking about how Mac Jones won a national title, right? Zach Wilson looks amazing playing against second-tier competition. But Justin Fields, let's pick him apart, even though he's the best bet of all the guys after Trevor Lawrence. So I think it's a two-pronged thing going on here. And I tell you what, though, the fact that Kyle Shanahan is at Ohio State today and has already traded up for the number three pick says volumes today. There's volumes to me. If Justin Fields goes out and performs the way he did at his first pro day with Kyle Shanahan in attendance, all this goes away because you know he's going third. That simple. They wouldn't be doing it otherwise. 
that is 100% the reason I think that Fields is doing this again is to show Kyle Shanahan today that he should be the third pick. And this is Fields' opportunity to lock it in. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing it again. Great stuff, as always, from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column on Bucknuts every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thanks again to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Have a great day, Bucknutters. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.